Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting with Dr. Tabitha today. I had the pleasure of speaking with her recently and thought that she would be so helpful for you all to get a little deeper into some of the aspects around fertility and from an OB's perspective. So thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today and just like get the word out to women that there is help. Yes. So just prior, before we got onto this, you talked about, um, limitations of an OB, which, you know, for some people will fall off their chair to think, oh my gosh, somebody's actually saying that out loud, right? That's, we like to kind of assume that anything and everything our doctor says or doesn't say is gospel essentially. Right. Especially when it comes to women's health and all that that means. So, Can you inform us a little bit of what some of those limitations might be for starters? And then where do we go from there? Oh my gosh. So it is very much ingrained in everyone, this white coat mentality, like your doctor knows best. You go into the room, you give up your authority and your power, and you assume that they know best. They're going to make the right decision for you. You shouldn't question it and it and just do what they say, right? And we're we're finally coming into an age where women are like, wait a second, this doesn't seem right intuitively. This doesn't make sense. Or I tried that and I don't feel better. Now I have new problems. And so people are starting to question. And we need to, because you know. I'll be the first to say I was trained in conventional obstetrics and gynecology, and there was a huge missing piece of the puzzle when it came to my training. I am a trained surgeon, so I know how to cut your uterus out. I know how to cut a baby out. I know how to repair your perineum after you have a vaginal delivery and things tear. Like I know how I'm skilled with my hands. I know how to do procedures but I was not trained in the intricacies of hormone balancing and how your thyroid and your adrenal glands and your blood sugar and insulin all impact everything going on in your sex hormones and how they impact you as a woman and your health. And there's just so many missing pieces of the puzzle with conventional OBGYN. We're not trained to understand how food impacts your body, how things you put on your skin and inhale impact your hormones. We definitely are not trained about the gut connection of gut health and gyne health. And that is all very well understood in the world of functional medicine, but functional medicine is the complete opposite of our current broken healthcare system. So As a conventional doctor, I was trained to look for sickness. I was trained to look for disease and find the quickest way to 
fix the problem, aka just put a Band-Aid on it, get rid of that. Or take it out, right? Yes. Remove it. Either give a medication or you do some kind of procedure to it to get rid of that symptom, but you're not really addressing the root cause of why that symptom is occurring. So it's a very much a Band-Aid approach, whereas functional medicine is like, why is that symptom occurring? What is this message from our body? What is our body trying to tell us and dealing with that? And when you deal with that, most often you don't need those medications. You don't need those surgeries. You know, I used to do four to six surgeries every week as a gynecologist. I gave that up completely and I heal many more women. So that has been really eye-opening to me. And it's like, once you know better, you do better, right? Yeah. So we just have to get the word out there that there are other options that actually will get you back into balance and not just cover up your symptoms. So you mentioned hormone health, gut health, um, blood sugar stuff. So during my pregnancies, I had all of those things. I was on thyroid. I had gestational diabetes. I... Um, I have a long history of gut issues. So I did happen to be seeing a regular endocrinologist to be dealing with my thyroid, um, a, a fetal medicine doctor for the gestational diabetes. Um, and although nobody ever throughout my history of my fertility journey, no one mentioned my gut health and the correlation to that ever, like what your bowel movements are like or not like or whatnot. Um, but really, I guess the question is most people go to their OB for all of those things when they're pregnant, right? They put them on a thyroid if they test the thyroid. Some of them don't for, you know, which is interesting to me. That's a different conversation, um, but treat it as though. And then of course the blood sugar, everyone does the, you know, the blood sugar, I can't even remember what it's called, the timed test, right? When you're pregnant. Yep, the glucose tolerance test. Yeah, the, the glucose tolerance. Um, <laughs> and to to your point from being an OB, we kind of think that they are the, the end-all be-all for all of those things, but really knowing that that's not their specialty, right? That's not what they're trained in. And even more so to your point of why are those things happening? So when is it okay to, when you're in it, let's say you're already, you know, 20 weeks pregnant and you've already figured out that you have these things going on, is it too late to kind of see a functional doctor as well? Or, you know, when is the point of like, okay, maybe next time when I'm, after I have this baby or, you know, because I do think that it's so important that we figure out the root cause of these things, but at the same time, if you're already in it, is it too late to be? Absolutely seen? not. So okay. it's really important for women, especially if you're already pregnant to understand that what you're putting in your body all day long, every day during pregnancy can activate genes in your baby. So your baby could potentially have what we call fat genes. They have the propensity to be obese once they get into puberty and have an increased risk of diabetes. Those genes can get activated while that baby is in your womb. So it's essential for you to eat healthy and monitor your blood sugar and keep you balanced because it's going to determine 
the, you know, genetic expression of your child that you're trying to grow. So Mm -hmm. I say you should always be thinking about this. And here's where conventional medicine fails is like the glucose tolerance test. If you pass the one hour, but you only passed it by one point, or you failed the one hour, and then you passed the three hour, they say, oh, you don't have diabetes. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. You could develop diabetes a week later, two weeks Mm. later, you could have it and it was falsely negative. You're trending toward insulin dysregulation and blood sugar issues. And that is where medicine is failing is we're not seeing the trend and we're not being proactive and preventative. We are waiting for disease to be full-blown right there so that then you have to, then you're required to take the medication or the insulin shots or whatever. And then you've already activated those baby's genes and that baby comes out weighing too much and having its own blood sugar issues and needing to be poked in the hospital and be checked for jaundice and all these things. It's a huge domino effect. And so if women can just like think about it. Like I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get healthy and stay healthy. You're going to have a decrease in your risk of delivery complications of pregnancy issues, and your baby is going to be so much healthier and you're just going to have a totally different outcome. But they all say like, Oh, it's so common or it's no big deal. And, and it's really kind of pushed under the rug. And I think that's what surprises me so much because I did have all those things. My baby had jaundice and et cetera, et cetera. And what you're referring to is the epigenetics, right? Of what happens with our children in utero, which I think is so important. And I speak about a lot, but also this kind of nonchalant behavior from the doctors of like, it's not that big of a deal. Well, when you're thinking of your child's future life, it kind of is a big deal, you know? And why we are thinking of it as that way really blows my mind, I think, as far as this, well, it's so common, don't be stressed about the the gestational diabetes or the thyroid or whatever, or whatever it may be, because no, it does affect your child. And that to me really gets me fired up because I feel like it's such a disservice for us to be, again, this white coat situation of really trusting. And unless you have some kind of firing you already to, to not trust the system so much, you do go along with everything that is kind of there. Do you feel like there's a place where people can, you know, aside from seeking a a functional medicine doctor that specializes in this, is there somewhere where we can get kind of curated information that is aligned with where we want to go with that? I don't know how to really say that properly (laughs) without, you know, discounting any of the traditional medical research, but No, I think it's really important for women to realize that their conventional doctors are in a broken system and they see disease process all day long. So they're not seeing health and wellness. And you as a physician, when you live in that world and you take care of sick people all day long, 
that sickness becomes a normal reality. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like such a big deal. Oh, mm-hmm. your diabetes isn't that bad. Your thyroid isn't that bad. It's like, because we see it all day long, it get we get desensitized and becomes normal to us. And so mm-hmm. that's what I want women to understand is your doctor probably isn't going to act like it's a majorly big deal because right. they've become desensitized. And so mm-hmm. it is up to you. And I love Dr. Aviva Ram. She mm-hmm. does an amazing job. She was um, at first a midwife, and then she went to medical school. She's also an herbalist. And she is very passionate about like healthy pregnancy, healthy moms. And she has curated amazing material. So I always use her as a resource for women who are trying to get pregnant, are already pregnant, new moms, that kind of thing. So she has everything available under the sun. And it's just really important to remember that your goal is probably different than your doctor's goal. I I hate to say it, um, but your doctor really does need a diagnosis to put on your chart for insurance to pay for that visit. Mm -hmm. You know, things need to be justified in that regard. As doctors, we are not paid to give you nutritional advice. We are not paid to spend time educating you. We are not paid, you know, to have a health and preventative outcome. Those aren't diagnoses. We can't say healthy pregnant woman, you know, and get paid for that visit. I'm just being real here. So, and if you go back and ask for your medical records, you will see all these crazy things that are actually not relevant to you, but that's what they needed to put on there for the insurance. Yeah. It's very surprising to people or doctors will put diagnoses on, like you mentioned, and not discuss them with the patient because there's no time Mm -hmm. or the doctor doesn't see it as relevant because it's not bad enough to warrant intervention yet. I hear Mm -hmm. that a lot. Like, oh my God, I had fatty liver on my CAT scan and my doctor didn't tell me why Mm -hmm. not. That's like the end of the world to them. And in the doctor's eyes, the doctor's like, well, their liver's still functioning. They don't need a transplant yet. We'll we'll talk about that when it's Mm -hmm. a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's a total different philosophy and way of seeing things. And so the more that patients can start to understand really what they're walking into, they're Mm going to be better served. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I I love Dr. Aviva as well. I think she has so much great content out there to help people. So speaking of helping people and content and spreading awareness and education, can we touch on birth control and the hormones and there's, you know, different types of birth control. And some people think, oh, well, I'm on this type. And so therefore it's safer or whatnot. Can you give us a little rundown from your perspective, you know, both as a medical doctor, but also as a functional doctor now as well, um, what you see and what you suggest and just your advice for people who may be thinking, you know, we're told all the time. Like I literally talked to my nurse practitioner yesterday. Well, you can, you know, one option is to go back on the birth control to do whatever. And in my head, I'm like, this is not even worth having the conversation. Like, okay, thanks. Goodbye. But that's because I 
you know, I'm in this space every day and I know that, but what, what are your thoughts on that for people that are listening? So the birth control pill is one of the few tools that gynecologists have to quote unquote, get your hormones balanced. It doesn't actually balance your hormones. It shuts down your own hormone production because you are taking synthetic hormones. And so your brain hears, oh yeah, she has enough. Your ovaries no longer need to produce. And so, so can shuts- we repeat that real quick? <laughs> that it's actually shutting down your own hormone production, right? Because it's yeah. a synthetic, it's essentially telling your brain, you don't, you no longer need to be functioning in this way. Is right. that correct? So it literally shuts down your ovaries production of your own sex hormones. And Testosterone is a great example. So many women have no libido on a birth control pill because the pill is a synthetic estrogen and progestin, but there's no testosterone in it. And once your ovaries are no longer producing those hormones, you're no longer producing as much testosterone. And so it's very common for women to have low libido, but it gets dismissed, right? It's not important. Don't worry about it. So the issue with the birth control pill is that they're synthetic hormones. So your body hears that signal, but it hears it in a warped way. And it depends on the system that it's sending that signal to. So we have estrogen and progesterone receptors all throughout our body, our cardiovascular system, our brain, our bones, everything is reliant on our hormones. And when there was a study called the Women's Health Initiative, it came out in like 2002, I think, it it was stopped abruptly because it showed an increased risk of breast cancer in women. And it freaked everybody out. And every woman in menopause that was on hormone replacement was taken off of it because they thought, oh my gosh, this is causing breast cancer. That synthetic progestin in that study is what's used in birth control pills. But we do not talk about that because birth control pills are very much, you know, a social movement issue. It's Mm -hmm. related to our ability to be independent women. And I am all for the birth control pill because that's how I didn't have a second baby after high school and was able to go to medical school and do everything I needed to do. Right. I didn't have another child because of it. But I want women to understand if you're going to accept the risk of using a birth control pill, you need to know what you're signing up for because a lot of us are on them for 10 or 20 years, right? We're putting our teenage and not even, on yeah, them. I was going to say not even for, you know, that issue, maybe for right. acne or something like totally exactly. unrelated, which exactly. is, you know, so if you're going to use it, use it for birth control. If you're using it to regulate your hormones, that's a lie. It does not regulate your hormones. It overrides them. It causes leaky gut. It causes vitamin and mineral deficiencies because you no longer absorb those anymore. It causes long-term issues and possibly cancer. So I promise you that won't be researched because that would cause a huge uproar in our society. Um, But I just want you to be aware of what you're signing up for long-term. And if there is another option, I suggest trying that first, without a doubt. I think that's huge. And so if your practitioner, your doctor thinks the birth control pill is the answer to all your problems, you should probably find somebody else. 
And is there like is the IUD or other options like that better than taking a physical pill every day or are they all because some people will come to me well I, I was you know I had this and not that or as though it's better but is it still what's again from your perspective as a doctor what do you, what are your thoughts on that Yeah so any kind of hormonal birth control is a synthetic hormone whether it's the Depo-Provera shot the Nexplanon that goes in your arm, the Norplant that used to go in your arm, um, the Mirena IUD, Skyla, Kylena, anything with those synthetic hormones has the potential to interfere with your brain and ovary communicating. It's called the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian access, the HPO access. They the companies will tell you, the IUD companies will tell you, oh, our hormones in your IUD do not interfere with that axis. They only work locally on the uterus to prevent that endometrial lining from growing so that your period is lighter or you don't have a period. But I will tell you probably a third to almost a half of women do notice that their ovaries stop producing. That ovary is literally about one to two inches away from your uterus. And there is a lot of blood supply. So that synthetic progestin in your IUD does have the extreme potential to go straight to your ovary and shut down that hormone production. So if you are gaining weight, if you're feeling depressed or anxious, if you don't feel like yourself, if you have no libido. Um, all of those might be because that progestin is tanking your own hormones. And so I want women to understand, like, these are all awesome options and we should have these options, but it's not a one size fits all. And what I see time and time again is conventional gynecologists dismissing women's complaints. I personally was suicidal on the IUD and I felt it like within a couple of weeks of having that placed and even my own colleagues said to me, oh my gosh, you're crazy. I'm like, well, I feel crazy <laughs> and I want this thing out. And I took it out myself because it oh was my that gosh. severe, but I hear it from patients all the time. And so I just want doctors to listen to women and quit dismissing them when they say, I don't feel right with this and not be told, well, you're fine. It's not really causing an issue because it very well could be. Yeah. And I see a lot of clients that come to me saying, again, it's, it's not a big deal or I was doing this or that. And to your point, like even the situation with it making the lining lighter, right? Or so your periods aren't heavy. It's disrupting the functioning of your body or the way that we want it to function, right? And then they think, okay, well, I'm going to take it out because I want baby number two or whatever. And it's like, then all of a sudden you expect your body to go back to functioning normal when you've essentially said like, stop doing your job of what we actually want you to do or what you're made to be doing and then pick it up when I tell you to. And sometimes that doesn't always work out that way. So I think if you're in that situation of contemplating that, really look at all your options of what's your long-term goal and can you be gentle enough with your body to know, I trust you to function in this way and we'll figure out some alternative for birth control in the meantime so that 
I can know what's happening with my cycles. I do know that my body's functioning. You know, the lining is getting where it needs to be every month and, you know, doing all the right things instead of saying, you know, I'm going to turn this on and off at like a switch because sometimes that doesn't always work out the way we want it to. Yeah, exactly. I actually did a case review this morning of an infertility patient and she was 27. She was on birth control pills from 14 to 24. So as soon as she became reproductive, you know, as soon Mm -hmm. as those ovaries started to do something, she got put on a pill, that production got shut down. She did that for a decade and she came off and didn't have periods. They eventually started coming back irregularly and she was immediately referred to REI and was told you need IVF with donor eggs at 27 years old. Wow. I just, my heart broke for her, but I was also very excited because she's on a functional alternative path. And she said, heck no to that. That's crazy talk. Yes. And she's right. Like you need to get your body back into balance you can't assume that those ovaries are never going to function. They've not been given a chance. And now because of that hormone imbalance for so long, her thyroid was burdened. And now she has a thyroid issue that needs to be taken care of. She's led a very stressful life. She's a teacher who works like 16 hours a day and her adrenals are shot and her gut is a mess. So you need to address all of these pieces of the puzzle before you throw in the towel and say, oh yeah, here's IVF. And at donor egg at 27, when there's no indication right. for that. But right. they have no way of knowing that. Right. Conventional is medicine is trying to give her the quick band-aid solution. And the quickest way to get a baby is to do donor IVF. And it really robs her of the potential of what could, you know, be a natural pregnancy or IVF with her own eggs. So it just, it breaks my heart that our system is so broken, but you know, I, I love all the work you're doing and other women in this space, like it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And I will say that I don't know the exact statistic, maybe you do, but as far as working with a functional doctor or even functional nutritionist on your fertility, your chances of conceiving naturally are so high. So I really would, you know, urge you to go down that route before you decide to go see a reproductive endocrinologist, because you may be able to turn that around yourself. I mean, the chances are you will be able to, I should rephrase that. Um, Can you give someone just a brief overview of what functional medicine is if they may not be familiar with that? Yeah, definitely. So as I was mentioning, you know, conventional medicine is very much about getting rid of your symptoms, giving you medication, giving you surgery to get rid of that symptom. Functional medicine is taking a step back and looking at you as a whole body, mind, and spirit, and looking at all your systems together, interconnected, and what is at the root cause of those symptoms? What 
why is your thyroid struggling? Why is your thyroid being attacked? Why are your sex hormones imbalanced? Why do you have diarrhea and constipation and insomnia and acne and all of these issues? I promise your acne is not from a birth control deficiency. Mm -hmm. You know, it's <laughs> a problem with your gut microbiome and having leaky gut and reacting to foods and you know, too much blood sugar issues and list goes on and on. But once you figure those pieces of the puzzle out and they all work together, you can get balanced. It's essentially helping your body function the way God created it to remove all the impedances that we've put placed on it. All of the Franken food that we've created in our society. It's not really food, but we consume it as such. Everything in the boxes and the bags, those are all impacting all of your systems. And knowing the toxic burden, all of the plastics that didn't exist even 50 years ago. I mean, plastic is everywhere now. It, it, it's what all of our food is in. We even heat our food in plastic. All of those are hormone disruptors that didn't exist, you know, for our great grandparents. And so our bodies are just trying to navigate all of this and get rid of that toxic burden and still function with all these problems. And so figuring all that out and just removing what's, you know, interfering replacing what's depleted, supporting the systems, getting your body to function. That is where the magic happens. That that's where the true answer to health really is. And thank you so much for sharing that with everybody, but how can they find you and how can they find more information around functional medicine and, and just getting that bigger picture? I think, as you said, we're functional doctors look at it as you know, one big puzzle of your body being that versus a, a regular doctor may see, I'm just looking at this one piece. Well, this one piece, you know, interacts with the rest of the part of your body, right? The other puzzle pieces. So we need to have everybody mm -hmm. look at that. Where can they find you? Where can they find more information around all of this? And hear your amazing story, by the way. So if you're not familiar with Do Dr. Tabitha, go to her website. I will push that first of all, because her story is <laughs> on there. But um, where else can people find you? Yeah, so you can definitely go to drtabitha.com. It's three A's, no I's. But I have the Gutsy Gynecologist show and we talk about this all of the time. Like, what are we missing in the broken medical system and how can women really truly reclaim their health? And so we tackle all of these topics in detail and women are not going to find a lot of this stuff if they just go to Google and type in endometriosis or fibroids or whatever. That is very much a censored platform that is run by big pharma, and you're going to get the information from conventional medicine that they want you to get. It's mm -hmm. very hard to find alternative wellness information out there. It, it's unfortunate, but that's why I love podcasts, because so far, knock on wood, the censorship is not there. We're seeing mm -hmm. that recently with Joe Rogan, it's killing me. But um, for now, you need to listen to podcasts, you need to read books, functional doctors have written all the books on all of the ways that your body can function. So 
I would say, listen to podcasts, seek alternative solutions. Don't rely on that broken system to give you the answers because they're not trying to get you well. They're not trying to make you healthy and optimize Mm -hmm. to create a baby naturally and have an optimal pregnancy. That's not it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So Institute of Functional Medicine. So IFM.org is one of my favorite resources. If you're looking to work one-on-one with a functional practitioner, you can put your zip code in and see if anybody comes up that's been trained through the Cleveland Clinic like I have. Um, And then I'm licensed in over half the country. So you can try to work one-on-one with me if you feel the need to do that. Um, I am pretty booked out. (laughs) (laughs) But But probably worth the wait. Yeah. I mean, it depends on like, do you really need to tackle your thyroid and your adrenals and have functional medicine testing done that your conventional doctor doesn't even acknowledge? You know, I remember being just in my regular office and someone asking me about adrenal fatigue and the Dutch test. And those words didn't mean anything to me. I had no idea what she was talking about. That was foreign to me because when you're consumed in your, you know, your sick care model, wellness and health and prevention, like that doesn't even come on the radar. I didn't know anything about that stuff. So mm-hmm. if your doctor looks at you sideways, just say, okay, thank you. And <laughs> go look elsewhere. Right. Honestly. Well, thanks again for being here and sharing all this great information. And I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.